Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Pooler, and my guest today is Marlon Anderson. And Marlon is going to share his thoughts on the mayor's race in the city of Albany. So, Marlon, there's still three people in the race. Um, you're predicting that the incumbent will win another term. Why? Well, as a former candidate in the race and participant in the race, mm-hmm. I have the perspective, you know, that I can I can make that statement. Uh, basically, as far as the current candidates in the race, uh, the Republican candidate, uh, uh, again, as we know, this is a fully democratic city. And unless there's an amazing, miraculous change overnight, that's not going to change. Voters are going to vote uh, Democrat no matter what. And uh, to be quite frank, uh, Ms. Purdy doesn't have a platform or or a record of any interest to create the change that's needed in the city of Albany. So she, her candidacy, again, under, under the Republican line, it's going to take a really transformative Republican to even make a, a significant challenge in the city of Albany. And Greg Adala's is, is candidacy is – uh, what he professes to do is a joke. He's he's not a real candidate, and that's why he's running on the independent line and all that. His candidacy is not a real candidacy, so I have not paid that any any mind, and 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 neither have the voters, and the voters will not. It's not a real candidate. And as far as Valerie Foss goes, Valerie Foss simply needs to go away. She has been nothing but a detriment to the process. She is not offering anything positive. Indeed, her candidacy has is single-handedly what has led to Kathy Sheehan being reelected as mayor. Wow, those are a couple of really uh, harsh statements. Let's start with uh, Alicia Purdy. Uh, she's out there. She's fighting. She's every day. She's talking to people. She's on Facebook. She has a presence. What makes you think that she won't make a dent in this election? Uh, because she's again, she's a Republican running on a Republican line, and as I said, it's it's just a fact of political life in the city of Albany. Albany has been Democratic forever and will be Democratic for the foreseeable future. As I said, it's going to take a transformative candidate. Uh, she may be out there. She may be working uh, working it and doing everything she needs to do, but she clearly is not a transformative candidate. She's going to have to transform thoughts, opinions, and votes. And I just – I'm not seeing that with her. She's not reaching who she needs to reach. She's not – affecting those who she would need to affect. It's not nothing, you know, being a harsh and, uh, 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 purveyance or about our candidacy. It's just a, a reality in the city of Albany. Uh, a Republican candidate who's going to try to turn around basically almost 100 years of dem- democracy in the city of Albany, that will take a transformative candidate. <coughs> oh, pardon me. And Ms. Purdy is not that transformative candidate as a Republican, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, Greg Adela. 
Well, Greg and Dallas candidacy, as I said, it, it's it's a it's a it's a novelty for novelty purposes. Greg and Dallas has zero, and I mean zero record on any sort of political activity of that. He just has the luxury of his family having a business in what has been ground zero for violence in the city of Albany. And Mm -hmm. basically, you know, speaking as someone who lived in that same area as, as Greg Adala's business for over a quarter century, and you and everyone else well knows my record of activity in that area, for that time, I can speak as someone who operated in that area, who fought in that area to improve that area. And Greg Adala mm-hmm. was invisible on the issues during that whole time that I was there fighting it. Greg Adala never attended one community meeting that I organized. Greg Adala never was out there at one uh, violence response that I was out uh, pursuing in the community. He is—he was an invisible force. It just basically. It's, it's a novelty campaign. You can't. You can Google or go to the Times Union archives or any media archives, and you you'll find zero about Greg Adala's leadership in the community on any issue. He just has the novelty of being there and being uh, in that community. Has his family had that business in the community, and he he was an accessible and how should we say safe get for the media, but. He, there's no way, and again, as an independent candidate in the city of Albany, no, he's not going to make a difference. Okay, Valerie Frost just announced that she's going to run as a write-in candidate. Your thoughts? Well, as I said, Ms. Foss, I really, really, really have been uh, turned off by Ms. Foss, especially this election cycle. It's Her candidacy has been a self-serving campaign in the interest of Valerie Foss, not in the interest of the people, not in the interest of the city. I understand, you know, I think Ms. Foss needs to step away from the public theater, uh, get herself together, focus on what she uh, on herself, and not focus on uh, continuing this fallacy that she's a valid candidate. She is not a valid candidate, has never been a valid candidate, has attracted from the process rather than improved the process. And basically, she can take ownership of being responsible for the mayor having a cakewalk to the election. Why do you say that? Well, it's a, it's a fact. Her and her team that she that she quote unquote organized put together an effort which basically suppressed the vote and took away from the debate and discussion for the vote. Her candidacy is responsible for removing all opposition that was had for the mayor from the field directly. And due to that being removed and then having herself as the only candidate in the race, there was no discussion, no debate, no nothing about the, the political uh, situation. After she got to use the, the tools and the moors of the Board of Elections to eliminate my candidacy, Lukey Forbes' candidacy from the field, she was the only one on the field. And she did nothing with the opening of the field. Indeed, right after she did that, her team disintegrated. Her team that she put together, her supporters left her right after she eliminated the competition. 
Her supporters left. She was just there, and nothing was pursued. You never saw Valerie Foss on the campaign trail debating the issues, pressing the mayor on the issues. You never saw her holding any press conferences about the issues or anything that needed to be done to discuss and create debate, the debate that was clearly needed. We have a mayor in the city of Albany who has one of the most, at at this time, one of the most negative records in Albany's history. We have record violence in the city of Albany, record mm-hmm. poverty in the city of Albany, record homeless in the city of Albany. You can go on and on. But none of that was talked about in the election cycle. And Valerie Foss is directly responsible by that for eliminating the competition, which could have stirred the pot and created a substantive debate. And there has been no substantive debate. So basically, Kathy Sheehan has been allowed to run an election unchecked and unchallenged on her record. And Valerie Foss is directly responsible for it. Okay, let me ask you this. For the Democratic primary, there was was Kathy, right? There was you. Yes. There was Lucy. And there was Valerie, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Out of, you know, all the people uh, putting aside the incumbent, Mm-hmm. I don't see. Well, you know, you you worked hard. I gotta admit, you were out there. Mm-hmm. You said a lot of stuff, but basically, all of, all of the candidates on the Democratic line were not really prepared to wage a really good fight. And you know, if nobody's willing to step up to the plate. Voila, who becomes the mayor, but the incumbent. Nobody was willing to step up to the plate. I know you did. Who mm-hmm. else could have? Who else do you think could have done it where they would have given Kathy Sheehan a run for her money? You criticized Purdy. You criticized Greg Adela. You criticized Valerie. Who do you think can step up to the plate besides yourself who could give the mayor a run for her money? Well, let me just clarify. It's not criticism. It's just calling it like it is. This is these are facts. This is not criticism. I, I have no negative I have no negative uh uh are intense in my statements. These are not criticisms, these are facts. As far as people stepping up and and, and and uh, challenging the mayor, this is one of the sad facts of the of the election. Again, as I said, we have a mayor who had the, the worst record in history, you know, which would you think would have incentivized people to challenge her. I expected a huge field of challengers to be pursuing them, but no, the people who you figure was going to step out all fell in line behind the mayor, despite her negative record. And basically... That speaks very uh, suspects of the political situation in the city of Albany. When you had a mayor who was as vulnerable as a mayor uh, as Mayor Sheehan was, that no one had any, felt that they could challenge her in the community, that no one felt they could step up. At this point, as I said, I can't point at somebody and say, "Oh." They they could uh, would give a mayor a run for her money or something mm-hmm. of that nature. Now, if someone was going to run now, and 
I would say this, if, if anyone was going to run for the office like that besides myself who had the record to deal with that, I wouldn't mind seeing somebody like, for instance, Sheriff, Sheriff Apple. If Sheriff Apple ever decided to run for the for the office, it, that would be a given. He could, he could win the, the, uh, the city of May, Albany mayor's office like that if he ever chose to run for it. But I don't know if mm-hmm. that's what he wants to do. But he would be a great candidate to be mayor in the city of Albany, you know, besides Most myself. Who fell in line? Uh, everyone in City Hall fell in line. Everyone in City Hall fell in line. The Common Council President Corey Ellis threw his support behind the mayor. Uh, all the all the elected officials threw their support about the mayor. Uh, Dorsia Players didn't run. I thought she might run. She didn't run. You know, and, and you can go on and on. You know, this uh, this, this was a vulnerable candidate who should have been challenged. Could have been challenged, as I said. Had not the process been co-opted by the force campaign, you would have seen a vigorous challenge of the mayor on the issues by myself, and the door would have been open for her to be challenged for debate and discussion. But that was co-opted and and destroyed by the force campaign. And after they cleared the field, they neglected to take the action that the open field provided them. They did nothing with the opportunities that they created by sabotaging their company. And that is why the mayor is basically being reelected. You don't clear a field of candidates and then don't take advantage of the open field that you created. And that's basically it. You, you cleared the field, and you did nothing with the field that you cleared. And that just gave the mayor, instead of you using that field to openly challenge it, it just gave the mayor an opportunity to run unchallenged. And that is why she's going to be reelected. Now, the field that you're talking about, the field of candidates, mm-hmm. who amongst those people, but I think you would uh, not include yourself, was strong enough to give Kathy Sheehan a run for her money? Within the framework of who ran? Well, as far as uh, everyone that ran, the strongest candidate was, again, as I said, I can't exclude myself because I was the strongest candidate. I had the best record on the issues. I have a proven record on the issues. And that's where debate comes. Again, you can come out and say, oh, if you elect me, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give you pie in the sky. I'm going to do that. But if your record is examined in in, uh, observation of the statements, and promises you make, if you don't have no record of it, how is anybody going to believe into into it? And that is what is the problem, what was the problem in this election cycle? Ms. Floss, Mr. Forbes, uh, Ms. Purdy, Greg Adalas, none of them have any records to back up any public statements that they have made. None of them. None of them have any records on any city issues. And, again, speaking from my experience in this field, Cynthia, as you know, I've been active for countless years in the city of Albany. I can tell you, I've been in City Hall a thousand times. I've been a thousand meetings, a thousand hearings, a a, a, a thousand sessions. I've never seen uh, Valerie Foss at any of these meetings. I've never seen Lukey Forbes at any of those meetings. I've never seen uh, Greg Adala at any of those meetings. I've never seen Alicia Purdy at any of those meetings. I've never seen them out in any issue. And that's what troubled me and very much uh, disappointed me about this election. We have all these individuals 
who are willing to come forward during the mayor cycle. And Ms. Foss is, 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 is primary in that, that only appear when the election is round, but after the election is done, they disappear into the woodwork. Where were these people when uh, we were down in, in, in the city trying to fight against things like uh, the sale of the Palace Theater? for a dollar, basically. Where were we with these people when we were out trying to address things like preventing the continuing raising of the tax base on city individuals in the form of their trash fee? Where were these individuals when we were down in the city trying to do things to make our streets safer by bringing red light cameras into the city? Things of that nature. And, and beyond. They were invisible. And this is what has been the problem with the, the people who are running beside myself. They have no record of service, no record of action, no record period to speak of. And you can't stand up and say, hey, I'm going to lead a city if you have no record of leadership in the city, if you haven't done anything on any public issue, and then all of a sudden, here I am, I'm going to run for mayor, which is one of the issues, uh, the primary issue uh, with what's been going on, you have you you can't just sit home, make videos in in, in your home, and, and then all of a sudden I'm I'm running for mayor, and you've done nothing of any of any substance of leadership in the community. It just doesn't wash, and that is why the mayor is in the position she's in. She has no one who could effectively challenge her on the on the issues or on her record. And she was not effectively challenged on the issues in the record, and that is why she's going to be reelected. But the uh, but the voter turnout was abysmal, and yeah. Valerie um, had a good percentage of the vote. What do you think? No, Valerie lost. She, she lost. the mayor got sixty percent of the vote. That was out there. Valerie got the, the, uh, uh, basically what was a protest vote, and that was zero that. And again, if you look at the process again, because of the the lack of an effective challenge of the mayor, that is what is going. On. Again, we had one debate in this election cycle, one debate, and it was a consolidated debate. All the organizations, the NAACP, Cana, the League of Women Voters, held one debate. And one of the issues about that debate, if I may say, is the fact mm-hmm. that they did not let all the candidates for the Democratic primary in. We have a function, uh, as you noted, that Valerie, you know, with Valerie Force continuing to run as a write-in candidate. But when it came time for the debate, the League of Women Voters and the NAACP in Cana refused to let write-in candidates in the debate, the one debate that they had for the Democratic primary. If writing candidacies are part and parcel of the election cycle, then why were writing candidates denied that form? And the reason we were denied is because, again, they did not want an active challenge to the mayor's record. We can't have our cake and eat it too. If writing candidates are acceptable in the election process, they should be accepted in the debate process, and they were not allowed. I petitioned, uh, I petitioned to be included in the debate as a write-in candidate. I provided them an online petition of people who signed on my online petition for me to be into the debate, and they denied it anyway. And, again, that led to no effective debate and no effective challenge 
against the mayor's record, and that is what has been the bottom line. This mayor, this this mayor, this vulnerable mayor with the terrible record that they had, had no effective public challenges to her record, no defective debates on the issue, and due to that, that is why she is being reelected. You know, four years ago, she said she would only run for two terms. This is mm-hmm. the third term she's running for. And you said her record is abysmal. I'm sure within the next couple of years, things are not going to turn around immediately and get better. You think she would do run for a fourth term? What's your gut feeling? I do. I do. Again, one of the things about being the mayor in the city of Albany, you get comfortable in that seat of power. And with each election, you get more comfortable. Again, uh, as I said, we, we our history of mayors, we've had, as I said, from Mayor Corning up to Mayor Sheehan, we've had long-term mayors. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that is, you know, we've had long-term mayors, three-term mayors, four-term mayors, beyond. And that is because the seat of Albany, it, the mayor's Albany is the seat of power in the city of Albany. And you get very comfortable in that po- in that power. Again, the mayor has already, you know, proven that we can't trust her at her word when it comes to you know, about running for re-election. And unless in the four years, unless a substantive uh, candidate steps forward or a major league candidate is going to step forward and start, you know, start making themselves known now, not later, unless there's someone who's already in office, like I said, like a Sheriff Apple, someone of that, someone of that area who can stand up and step up, have the name recognition and have the record recognition in the city of Albany to run an effective challenge in the city of Albany. Uh, I wouldn't see any reason, unless she just got tired of the power, to for that, that she wouldn't run again. Hmm. <laughs> wow. So, um, you, your words, um, I lost my train of thought. You take time. Uh, she, uh, she, she said that it was a low turn. Kathy Sheehan said it was a low turnout because people were confused that the um, that the primary was changed from September to mm-hmm. June. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that? Yeah, I believe that that the, the primary changes were a factor in it as well. Again, Albany is a as a as an established base, so people, you know, they're not affected by change either. I do I do believe that the early primary was a, a significant factor in that. But again, the bottom line is the people were disaffected. You know, a lot of people had already had already given that she was going to be reelected because, again, there was no, you know, again, without any substantive debate, without any substantive focus on the issue for the people to, you know, to focus on it and raise questions, they, 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 they there's no reason for them to do that. Again, from uh, basically the announcements of the candidates to the primary itself, there was no substantive debate, no substantive focus by the media on the election. You wouldn't have known that there was a mayoral election going on in the city of Albany unless you were involved in it. There was no media focus. There was no, as I said, they had one debate, one debate. 
They consolidated or this community organizations consolidated, and they had one debate, and they didn't have all the choices on there. All the choices for mayor should have been on that debate dais, and they should have been able to present uh, or the, for the Democratic primary, or the Democratic primary candidates should have been on that debate dais, and they should have been allowed to debate that. And, again, the, the COVID process did a lot of that because, again, that's another thing which got her to go through, the fact that she was not have to face the public and, you know, face-to-face, you know, the Zoom meetings, things of that nature, that she didn't have to face mm-hmm. the public face-to-face. So she didn't get the question that she had. But I believe that, yes, that uh, the change in the primary process was uh, another factor which is leading to her being reelected. Okay, so uh, I had run into you four years ago on Long Street, and it was right before the uh, primary. And you said that Kathy would win the primary by 9.30 p.m., and you were off by 15 minutes, and <laughs> and you were. So yes, I know she actually won at 9:15 and not and not 9:30. <laughs> no, she won at quarter of 10. Mm. But but anyway, anyway, if you have your crystal crystal ball out right now, what it, what percentage of the votes do you think? Um, the candidates will get. Let's start with let's start with Kathy. What percentage of the vote out of all of the candidates do you think she's going to get? Well, I think in general she's going to get about uh, about seventy percent, something like that. Seventy percent of the vote. Again, I don't. You know, as I said, there's going to be a you know there'll be a protest vote. You know, there's going to be a protest vote. And it, it it may be substantial, but again, as I said, people in the city of Albany are creatures of habit. You know, the people in the city of Albany are creatures of habit. They're going to vote. She solidified. She has solidified her Democratic support and her Democratic base, and they are going to carry her to victory. So I see her getting about seventy percent. I'm not. I'm not going looking to see that. You know, we're not going to be sitting around at eleven, twelve o'clock looking for the votes to be still counted and, and talking about this is going to be a race. The votes will be in by 9, by 10 o'clock, the race will be officially called, the mayor will officially be reelected. And then we have to focus on the next four years and what we are going to do to try to create the change in the city of Albany that's going, that desperately needs to be had. But even with so many people disaffected by her policies, you still think that she will get an overwhelming percentage of the vote? I I do. The people are disaffected, but again, as I said, Albany she has a democratic base in line. She has the the party behind her. She has the the, the wards behind her. There is a different. There's a diff, There's a disaffected minority, but that's what it is. It's a disaffected minority. A lot of people are talking about it. But, again, talk is just talk. If you're not, you know, you're not walking it. I mean, you, I, as I said, as somebody who's been out there on the campaign trail, who's been involved in this race, I've talked to countless people, you know, people who have, you know, uh, direct messaged me and everything as, oh, I'm disaffected by the policy. Oh, I'm disaffected by the mayor. We got to do something about the mayor. But in the end, they they don't show up. 
they talk. They, they're more talk than anything else. I got email after email from people pledging their support to me, but they never showed up. You know, never. You know, never, never arrived. You know, never signed the petitions. Never did anything. So around here, it's more talk than anything else. People are talking about how disaffected they are. But again, the bottom line: either they're going to vote, and when they vote, they're just going to vote right down the Democratic line, or they're just going to throw throw their vote away and just, you know, put it somewhere where it's not needed. So again, as I said, with Albany, Marlon, our time is up, and I'm sure that we will talk again before the general election. So you've been listening Anytime. to Marlon. You've been listening to Marlon Anderson. I'm Cynthia Pooler. This is Focus on Albany. If you like this show, like us on Facebook. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Marlon, it's always great talking to you. You always lead and it's a always great lively talking conversation. To you, you're an unsung day. political treasure. You're an unsung political treasure in the city. <laughs> Okay. Um, Everybody have a great day. Thank you. Mm -hmm.